Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. My name is George Davis, and thanks for being a part of our service this morning. If you've got a Bible, I'm going to ask you to join with me in turning to Matthew 5. We'll get there in a few minutes. And as you're turning there, I just want to give you this financial update. Uh, as we've gone through COVID, thank you for your generosity because our, our giving has been above our expenses. But now as we launch into the fall and many of our ministry activities pick up, our expenses are going up. And, and also, to be honest with you, the last few weeks, our offerings have been below seasonal norms. So it could, would be great if you continue to join with us financially so that we can move through the beginning of this new ministry year in a very healthy way financially. So thanks for doing that. Now, recently, I was, I was reading the biography of a guy named John Robling. You've probably never heard of him. I'd never heard of him before either. He was a gifted engineer, and at the age of 32, he was given the responsibility of, of designing and overseeing one of the most important building projects in the 19th century. He was the chief architect and designer for the Brooklyn Bridge. And uh, when it was built in the 1800s, this became an important, just an important bridge in connecting people and bringing people together. Probably most of us have gone over that bridge at some point. Interestingly, when the bridge first opened in the 1880s, during the first 24 hours that it was opened, more than 250,000 people walked across. Today, at least before COVID, on a typical day, more than 100,000 cars go across this bridge. Now, the truth is, you and I, we're probably never going to do anything quite as dramatic as build something like the Brooklyn Bridge. However, today, as we kick off the fall, today as we talk about the next season in the life of our church, I'm going to ask you to join me in doing something. I'm going to ask you to join me in building, in being a bridge builder. Now, to explain what I mean, I've got to take you back really to last year. Because toward the end of last year, our elders uh, began a conversation about the, the next season in the life of our church. What would that look like? And over time, that, that conversation led to a planning process. And ultimately, this planning process would involve our elder team, members of our staff, and other individuals were invited to pray along the way as part of this process. And that planning process led to a planning retreat earlier this year. Now, as we, went into, as we went into that retreat, this was very clear. It was very clear we have a sense of mission, and that isn't changing, right? As a, as a church, we are about living, loving, and leading. We want to be a church community that helps people live with Jesus and develop that relationship. We want to love like Jesus, and, and we want to provide you with opportunities, people of all ages, to get connected in different groups and different environments so that you can build healthy relationships as, as you follow Jesus. And we want to lead others to do the same. We want to live out our faith in tangible ways in our community and beyond. So as we gather together, our mission was clear, and, and that's not changing. Yet within that mission, and in pursuing that mission, um, the question was this, well, well, what is our vision? That is, what are the next steps that we want to take during the next three to five years? And as we prayed, as we met together over a series of days, this is what really became clear to us as, as our church leadership. 
it became clear that, that really over the next three to five years, it would be important for us as a church to focus on building bridges with future generations, to focus on young adults. Now, in, in saying this, we're not moving away from being a multi-generational church. So, so why the emphasis on young adults? Well, I think there are a variety of reasons. One of them is simply this. You know, we, we live in a time when for young adults in church, we live in a time when it's easy for them to walk away and a time when it's hard for them to come back. And the truth is, many young adults are convinced right now that Christianity, that church, isn't just for them. And if we as Hershey Free Church are truly going to be a community of multiple generations coming together, we've got to make sure that young adults are, that they're invited, that they are equipped and empowered to be part of our mission. We don't want to leave them behind. We want to be a place where young adults can ask hard questions, hard questions about faith and doubt and meaning and purpose and direction in life. A place where young adults can encounter the transforming work of the gospel in community with others. A place to build relationships across generations. A place where we can learn from each other. A place where we can discover how God has wired us to serve and how we can be a part of what he's doing. To be honest with you, as, as we've been thinking about this, my mind has gravitated to Psalm 145. You know, over the last few weeks here at Hershey Free, we've, we've been taking some time to work through different psalms in a series we called Renew. It was a time as we're preparing for fall, really just to be renewed by the psalms from the inside out. And, and of course, many of the psalms are written by King David. And in the book of Psalms, the last psalm in the book that is attributed to him is this psalm. Psalm 145. Here's how that psalm opens. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. It's interesting, as David opens this psalm, which may have been one of the last that he wrote that's included in this book, he opens with praise, but, but then he gets to this beautiful idea of one generation commending your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. I think this, you know, this is a powerful image of the kind of church we can be over the next three to five years. It's a powerful image of different generations coming together and being a part of one community. And it's a powerful motivation, I think, for us to make sure we're inviting and equipping young adults to be a part of that process. So as we were uh, dealing with our planning, as we were thinking about this vision to really make sure we're focusing on the young adults over the next three to five years, we we identified several areas that we want to be working in. These include things like further developing our discipleship pathway and how we help people take next steps in following Christ. Continuing to expand our leadership pipeline and, and how we help equip people to lead both inside and outside the church. And also growing in our digital platforms, which is something we've had to do even during COVID in a very exponential way. 
Now, in each of these areas, we want to be taking next steps and taking next steps in ways that are engaging young adults well. So over the next weeks, months, and over the next several years, over time, you're going to see us taking positive steps in these different areas. As our retreat continued, we, we began to ask one final question. And really the last question we wrestled with was this. Okay, if this, this is where we see ourselves moving and going over the next three to five years, where exactly do we start? If over the next three to five years we want to make sure we're building bridges with young adults, where do we start during this year? What could the next year look like? And as we worked through that issue, as we prayed about it, as we talked about it, we came to this conclusion. In engaging this longer-term vision, let's start by simply becoming more intentional in building bridges, building bridges in our community, in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools, building bridges relationally that, with people that maybe we see but don't know. Let's, let's start by being a church that is seeking to intentionally build relational bridges with others. In fact, here's, here's the way we worded that one-year goal. Every month, we envision at least 500 people intentionally taking next steps to build relational bridges empowered by the gospel in their spheres of influence. Now, once again, I want to invite you Will you join me in being a bridge builder? And inviting you to do this, let me, let me just ask a couple of questions. First of all, maybe you're wondering, so how does, how does this one-year milestone relate to the longer-term vision of making sure we're building bridges with young adults? Well, I think as, as we become more intentional in building bridges, wherever we're at in life and whatever community we're a part of, as we become more intentional in building bridges relationally, we're going to become more welcoming to all sorts of people, including young adults. Furthermore, we are going to be stretching ourselves spiritually over the next year to take further steps down the road. Another question you might be wondering is this, okay, what do you mean exactly by bridge building? And a term you're going to hear us use as well is the term bridge building moments. What do we mean by that? What do you mean about taking a next step in terms of building a bridge? Well, I think simply put, when we talk about building a bridge, when we talk about bridge building moments, it's just a faith stretching next step in a relationship, whatever that looks like. For instance, it can include starting to pray intentionally for neighbors or people who live around me. And it can include checking in on someone you haven't seen in a while or focusing on listening in conversations to to really hear how people are doing and and what's going on in their lives. Maybe it's, it's taking the initiative to connect with someone over a meal or coffee and investing in the relationship. Maybe it's introducing yourself to someone that in kind of in your normal traffic patterns you see regularly but you've never actually met. It's simply being attuned to to the opportunities that God is giving us to take faith-stretching next steps in relationships. A few weeks ago, I was uh, was meeting with someone in our church, and we were having a conversation. It was was a good conversation, and in in the course of this conversation, she introduced me to, to a family member, 
someone I never met, someone who has no connection with our church or even really any serious connection with Christianity. And so she introduces me to this family member, and, and we, just, we just start talking. And in the course of the conversation, it's, it's just, it becomes easier and easier to connect. We, we start connecting. And interestingly, that very same week, I had, I had been working on this planning process. And I'm sitting there having this conversation, and, and all of a sudden, it's almost like the Spirit of God nudges me and says, this is one of those moments you're talking about. This is an, this is an opportunity to build a bridge. This is a bridge-building moment. So as I, I sat there in, in that conversation, I realized I want to be fully present. I want to ask good questions. I, I want to listen well. And it was clear this, this was a guy that could use some encouragement. So can I be a source of encouragement in this conversation right now? Can I, in some small way, be an agent of grace? Can I build a bridge? Ultimately, you know, the, the conversation lasted 45 minutes, and it just seemed to flow by. And later on, I, I actually gave him my phone number. I said, hey, if you, if you want to continue the conversation, just let me know. I don't know if he'll ever take me up on that, if I'll ever hear from him. But what I do know is this. For me, that was, that was simply a kind of a faith-stretching moment, a bridge-building moment in a relationship. Of course, I realize, you know, at this point, you might say, well, well George, that's great. You had that bridge-building moment opportunity, but George, you're a pastor, right? You're, you're supposed to do these things. What about me? Why should I take this seriously? Well, I think that's, that's a good question. And in answering that, maybe I, I would take you to the passage that I asked you to turn to a moment ago. As you, as you read Matthew's gospel, you discover that as Jesus arrives on the scene, he, he comes proclaiming the arrival of God's kingdom. He calls it the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. It's God's plan of restoration and renewal. And Jesus argues that this plan is, is becoming a real plan through me. It will be made possible through his ultimate work of, of crucifixion and resurrection. And so now he is bringing about this plan where we can enter his kingdom. We can be in relationship with him and live a new kind of life empowered by the Spirit. So early in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is announcing the kingdom of heaven and the arrival of God's kingdom. And then we hit the Sermon on the Mount, this sermon in Matthew 5 through 7. And it's in this sermon that Jesus, in essence, says this, this is what it looks like to live as part of God's kingdom. This is what a new way of life entails. This is what it looks like to be empowered by my spirit. So the sermon opens with what we sometimes refer to as, as the Beatitudes. And these are really statements that, that describe what it looks like to flourish or thrive in relationship with Christ. So, for instance, right, it, it, the sermon begins with that famous Beatitude, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That is, blessed are those who realize they don't have it all together. Blessed are those who realize they can't make life work on their own. Blessed are those who realize that they've been brought into a new relationship where they are to abide in Christ and they are to be open to the ongoing transforming work of the Spirit. So the Sermon of the Mount opens with this 
amazing description of what it looks like to live in relationship with Jesus Christ. But as, as the sermon continues then, it, Jesus kind of seamlessly then moves into a different topic and he tells us, you know what? You're the salt of, of the earth. And he says, you're the light of the world. Therefore, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, this imagery that Jesus uses here, salt and light, is actually deeply embedded in the Old Testament, deeply rooted in the prophetic vision of what God would one day do in his new work of restoration and renewal. But notice that this imagery is also embedded in the way Jesus describes this new way of living. He's saying, look, I'm empowering you, I'm equipping you to a new way of life. And as part of that, you're to build bridges. You are to be salt and light. Notice also he doesn't say you need to do the work of salt or you need to do the work of light. Instead, he says, no, you are salt. You are light. This is who you are. Why should, we, why should we take this seriously, this invitation to build bridges? Because whether you realize it or not, if, if you are a follower of Jesus, you're designed for this. You were made for this. This is part of what it looks like to live as part of God's kingdom. Now, as I invite you to be a bridge builder over the next year, as I invite you to join me, let me just ask one more question. <laughs> and maybe it's this. Maybe you would say, okay, George, I get the importance of, of building bridges, being salt and light. I mean, that's part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But why now? I mean, let's be honest. We are still in the midst of this pandemic, and we've kind of gotten accustomed to it, but it is still weighty. It, it is cumbersome. It comes with some awkwardness. Some of you are experiencing that in your families as you're dealing with school. So why now? Why do this now? Why not wait until everything is back to normal? Well, you know what? I think that's, that's a great question. And the reality is this. When, when we came out of that planning retreat in February of this year, that was before COVID. And our plan initially was to launch this initiative in May. Obviously, that didn't work out. In May, we were dealing with lockdown and quarantine, and that simply wasn't the right time. So, so you might say, well, why is now the right time then? Well, honestly, I, I acknowledge, you know, we are under more stress than usual right now. There are complications that are coming that are unique to our situation. And frankly, the last thing I want to do is, is kind of add something to your plate that feels weighty, burdensome. Instead, when I'm inviting you to be a bridge builder, what I'm really inviting you to do is, is to engage life with a different awareness, just to approach life differently with an awareness and expectation that, you know, even in the midst of what we're going through, God is at work. God is giving us opportunities at different moments, and he's inviting us to join him, to be salt and light, to be agents of grace, to, to build bridges. And I think it's important that we take this seriously now because the truth is we're actually in a season where a lot of people are building barriers rather than bridges. We're in a season where we've been isolated. 
I mean, we still have to spend part of our days behind masks. We've had those barriers of isolation. Furthermore, there are political barriers and cultural barriers that seem to be developing further and further in our nation right now. Because in different ways, we're, we're divided, we're polarized, we're segmented. And with these barriers come anger, frustration, loneliness, exhaustion, tension. I think we have felt it. Maybe you've seen it in the lives of people around you people that we know. And and the truth is this. What this means is there are people that we encounter, people in our spheres of influence, maybe people that we see from time to time but haven't met, people that we see from time to time but we really haven't gotten to know, people who right now need someone to build a bridge. People who right now need someone to be willing to take a faith-stretching step and be an agent of grace in their lives. And my question to you is this. Will you be that person? Will you build a bridge? That's what I'm inviting you to do this day, this morning. And really, the the next step that I'm inviting you to take today is simply to say, yes, you know what? I'm not quite sure what this is going to look like in my life, but, but I want to be that kind of person. Over the next year, I want to live with that awareness and openness to God's Spirit, an awareness that in different moments, He's going to give me opportunities to build into the lives of other people. And I want to be willing to take faith stretching steps along the way. Are you willing to say yes? Will you join me in being a bridge builder? In a tangible way, the next step I'm inviting you to take today is this. If you go online to hfcinfo.com, you're going to find a bridge building moments tab. And with that tab comes a commitment card. I realize you'd say, well, why do I need to sign a card? Well, well, here's, here's why I would ask you to do that, even right now. Pick up your smartphone, go to this tab, and just, it's a simple card to fill out. Why I think it's important to fill that out is this. First of all, I think just in filling it out, it's a tangible act that help just identifies the commitment that you're making. Furthermore, as, as you give us that contact information, we've actually got a welcome pack we would like to send you that includes some prayer prompts. It also even includes just some suggestions on what bridge building can look like in your life. And, and, Also, it's just a way to say, hey, I'm all in with this. I want to be a part of this. I want to be open to the faith-stretching next steps that God can give me at this time. So I ask you again, will you join me? Let's pray together. Gracious God, as, as Jesus suggests, the idea of kind of being salt and light, of building bridges is woven right into the very nature of who we are as followers of Jesus. This is part of what it means to live in light of your kingdom. And Father, I I pray that we would be willing to say, yes, I want to take this step now. I pray that we'd be willing to say, I'm not quite sure what this can look like, but God, I, I want to be open to the fact that you are at work, even in the midst of this craziness. Father, we thank you that you invite us into what you're doing. 
And we acknowledge even right now, all around us, in our community and even beyond, you are giving us opportunities. Even while others are building barriers, you're giving us opportunities to build bridges. Father, may we be those people who take faith-stretching next steps. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I want to thank you for joining us today and remind you that if you're joining on Sundays, you can jump into our virtual lobby after the service. Thank you for those of you who were willing to say yes today. Thank you for joining me. And I look forward to hearing stories about what this can look like in your life over the next year as you are willing to take faith-stretching next steps and build a bridge.